Hello, this is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! We have a fantastic guest, a woman that I've worked with for a long time. She's a producer. She's an actress. Fantastic person, Barbara Mickelson Harder. Barbara, how are you doing? I'm just fine. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Wonderful Friday. This, we don't usually do Friday evenings, but, uh, you know, we've got things to do and what have you. It's a beautiful Friday. It's a bit of a... Bit hot. Is it too hot for you? No. No. <laughs> a little bit hotter, and then yes, the answer would be yes. Yeah. No, I like it hot. Uh, Norman, as I begin my all, all my podcasts, how is your week? I, I can't believe it's over. It's such a mm-hmm. quick week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I except for working on Foreman in Paris, I mm-hmm. haven't had a lot else to focus on. So yeah, it's oh, that's not true. I'm doing a reading. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to make sure I plug that at the end um, on August 6th. And uh, we had a rehearsal for that. Mm-hmm. Working on these callbacks. We even had one more callback because we're just trying to get those final parts set. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's, exci- it's an exciting, um, you know, f- to transition from an actor to a, um, a playwright and, you know, sort of a co-producer. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. And, uh, Barbara, you've gone through that. Oh, you know, yes, you, were, you yes, were an actress. Yes. Um, I think you, the last thing you did was Lady of the Camellias. Is that right? Um, yes. Actually, it was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't see yeah. it, but I saw the poster, and I was like, wow, you know, that's... It was very fun. Yeah. Very well, fun. All, all of all Broadway West is, is really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that transition, it's it's interesting just seeing it. I mean, I've seen it as a stage manager, but being involved in it... Oh, we're going to give you a lot more to do, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's been fun. So you plugged your thing. I'm going to plug my thing. Uh, I, uh, as well as working on Foreman in Paris, doing some rewrites and stuff. I've also, there's a company called the um, the Playwright Center of San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they're doing their showcase. This is round three of their showcase. Basically, they have nine uh, budding playwrights who do 10-minute one-act plays, and the audience gets to vote on who will go to, I guess, the finals, which is in November. And it's been fun just grabbing a script. We're not off book, so mm-hmm. it's like a cold read, and, you know, we're just, uh, we have two d- days of rehearsals, mm-hmm. and then we jump right in. And you and you've done that before, and not, oh, yeah, yeah, quite a bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's always exciting to see new work come to life. A couple of other things this week. Today was weird. Oh, um, I have a bike, mm-hmm. and my tire was flat, so I mm-hmm. changed it last night because I knew I wanted to use it this morning. I went down there, and it was flat again. Oh no! So I changed it. I, I had fixed mm-hmm. it last night. Yeah. I just put a new tube in this morning. Mm-hmm. I jump on the bike. I'm racing to Bart. I get to the BART station, and I realize I was so focused on making sure the bike was ready to go, I didn't have my wallet, my keys, my <laughs> I, I've card, done that. I've done nothing. that. <laughs> and I got to get to a job. So I like I put into ways, how long will it take to get to the job if I were driving there now? And it says I'd get there with one minute to spare. So I race back to my house in about six, seven minutes, mm-hmm. jump in the car, drive to the city, and I still managed to get there, and I was parking one minute after. Hey, oh, good. that is fantastic. Yeah, it was hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it ended up working out fine. And then the other weird thing this week mm-hmm. is we have had a couple of weeks. We've had a little bit of a vacation, mm-hmm. and now the boy is back. We have a 16-year-old son, and mm-hmm. he's back from visiting his father, so... It's back to listening to loud music and watching him be oblivious to yeah. every other thing. And I realize how, like I know this isn't Mother's Day, but you cannot be grateful enough to your mother <laughs> for mm-hmm. the things that they do that you take for granted. 
yeah. because he it's never a please or you know would you mind it's always a where's this and mm-hmm. how come we don't have this and you need to do this and yeah it's like who are you wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> now barbara you have children i think they're all grown now right i have one and yes he is one okay and okay. i have grandchildren yeah but you have step Children, we have right? step here. Yeah. So we have yeah. two stepdaughters here. Right. And they are mm-hmm. also grown. And we right. have grandchildren here. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. yeah. Are they it's involved really in theater great. at all? No. Um, Belen, who is Richard's youngest, mm-hmm. and Christian, his oldest. Yeah. They went to theater. Belen went to so much theater that she could recite the plays. <laughs> is that right? Because she saw it so many times. Ah. She, she knew. I think it was the one that she saw the most was, um, can I ask the? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, Which one uh, was yeah, it, Richard? Glengarry, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Glengarry, Glen Ross. She yeah. was quoting it. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They had an all-women version of that. It was earlier, I think it was last year. Yeah. I forget who did it, but uh, it was fantastic. It was in the yeah. North Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was in the North Bay. Yeah. She was just a little thing, but you know, yeah. kids, <laughs> they heard enough, they remember. Right, right exactly. And of yeah. course, uh, Richard Harder. Uh, was in Glengarry. Yes, he I was. Can, I can see you in an all-female version of Glengarry. <laughs> that could be good. Yeah. I think it would work. Yeah. I think it would really work, especially now, because women have so changed their position. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So speaking, it would work. Yeah, speaking of which, there are lots of, um, we usually get into current events, and there are a lot of women involved in uh, today, this week's current events. Yeah. Uh, there's the tragedy of the 21-year-old who was slashed oh, in the neck. Oh, yes, bark. here. You know, she was 21? I thought she was 18. Eight. No, was she, she 18? was 18. Yeah. She was 18. Oh. And then her younger? sister, the yeah. younger sister died, and the older one right. was the in critical. One she was 26. 26. Wow. Okay. And she okay. was in critical condition. I haven't looked right. it up since Yeah, then. yeah. There have been three bark deaths, I think, I don't right. know if it was in the week or the month, mm-hmm. and it's become national news. I don't right. know what's happening on BART these days. What is happening? Well, I do write BART. Bart should I, should I stop? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's nervous on BART right now, which is a kind of interesting thing mm-hmm. to observe. I've, I've been on BART, and the day after, when he was still on the loose, the killer, Yeah. Um, I didn't think about it. I just went because I had to go to the city, so I just jumped on BART. And as I started to step on the train, like I stepped on the train, and as the doors were about to close, I suddenly realized, oh, wait, this wait, is a death he's, place. He's no, out wait. there. <laughs> right. And then uh, I passed a white guy as I was getting off the train. A white mm-hmm. guy was getting on who vaguely resembled one of the photos. Mm-hmm. And I saw the look in his eyes, and I thought, you know, I want to feel sorry for you, but Dude, you really need to experience this. <laughs> this is yeah. the world the rest of us have been living in. And yeah. now you feel all yeah. nervous and weird. Yeah. Welcome to our world. But yeah. you know what I honestly think? I think that it ties in, and of course I work for the DA's office, so I see it. There's an opioid epidemic. You right. know, the, I saw an individual this week shooting up just in the middle of the street. Wow. Just, you know, boom, just like that. Wow. In the middle of Powell, I think it was 6 and, uh, six and, um, and Market. So I do. Feel, I want to hold Bart mm-hmm. accountable, but I don't think all this energy that's being directed towards Bart is theirs. Mm-hmm. We have a we have many problems. We have a homeless problem. We have an opioid epidemic. We have people in the streets yeah. who need help. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they travel just like the rest of that's us. Exactly right. And so, especially you know, if they're being the hustled by the cops to, to you know move. You know, like let's say there's a homeless encampment in right. front of a store. Right. The store owner calls nine one one or the police. The police says, "Hey, get out of here." Right. That's when they travel because you know I see these encampments move. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, all over the place. Or they or they move because they know it's coming. But now, where are they going to be? What are they going to do? Yeah. And yeah. We all see them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they're here. We have to deal with it. Bart needs to deal with it, but we all need to deal with it. Yeah, exactly right. I thought KTVU's misstep, though, and my wife and I talked about this today, because mm-hmm. um, apparently you had protesters out here yesterday. Oh, is that right? I haven't yeah, seen them. Yeah, it was yesterday. I, I heard vaguely, so tell me about it. Um, well, they, for some reason, and mm-hmm. we can all guess you know, we all probably have our opinions about what those reasons are. But for some reason, they picked of all. This woman was like a Instagram. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of photos of her, all kinds of selfies of her. Oh. They picked one with her holding a gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. This woman, young woman just died. Yeah. Why choose that totally photo? Totally random thing. She just died. Yeah. And you picked. The, and they've been using other pictures. Yeah. I don't know why they picked that picture. Yeah. Of, of what? Of the of young woman, woman who died? Yeah, the young woman who died. There's a picture There's a of a black woman who died. Let's show her with a gun. And and so people were upset. They said that was racist and people were very upset. Yeah. And so they were out protesting. And and we were discussing it. And because the big, the big pushback on all this and Me Too and all this now has been. Yeah. If it happened, isn't there a um, statute of limitations on these things? Are you going to be held responsible for the rest of your life for something you did 15 years ago? I'm like, well, okay, so there's 15 years ago, and then what have you been doing since? Now, if you become Mother Teresa, of course, you get a pass. We're all good with that. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if you've been the same jerk that you were 15 years ago, then that's just an example of when you were a jerk. So so someone brought up that if you've been convicted of something, is it going to be held on to you for? Well, no, what they're saying with the KTVU, because they're calling for whoever, man, woman, they're calling for that person's head. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I don't need them to lose their job. I do need the organization who oh, allowed that to who happen. Who allowed that to happen, yes. Who allowed to take the responsibility. Yeah, the, the, the unknown person who allowed, that, who allowed that to happen. Nobody, yeah. there had to be somebody else who signed off on that, and That's nobody exactly went, right. whoa, that would be in bad taste. Let's not do yeah. that. Yeah. I'm sure there's a producer who told some intern whatever. Right. Hey, download a picture. Get me a picture. Right. And they posted that picture. And they posted and they have plenty of other pictures of her just I've being beautiful. I've seen too she's many woman. different pictures of her. I'm tired yeah. of her Instagram. <laughs> you know, sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry she's dead, and I'm sorry that she was attacked. I've seen more pictures of her than I need to. Yeah. They really could go with one picture for the rest of the time, and that would be fine. But um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Starbucks mm-hmm. has set the example for this. You stop your whole organization and you say, we all need training on this so that nobody makes this mistake. It's an obvious mistake. It can happen to anybody. But if we really want to fix mm-hmm. this problem in our yeah. society, then we all need to stop, take a look at it, mm-hmm. get some sensitivity around it, and then we can move forward. And maybe this person yeah. doesn't have to lose their job. See, I, you know, I think of it and, be, you know, f- feel free to oh, chime yeah. in. I, I, I will. <laughs> Thank you very much. But, um. You know, people talk about training. Oh, we, we had a training, and now we're all sensitized. To be honest, I, I'd roll my eyes when I hear the training thing. Mm-hmm. If you don't have goodness within, mm-hmm. if you're not just a good person, and you know that goes with upbringing and and what have you, you can have as much tr- as sensitivity training. You know, there there are people at our office who's not around anymore. Right, they've gone through anger management training and sensitivity because something happened. Right, and basically they're like, okay, well, I need to be more careful and not get caught, or and you know, just tie tie right. in. But it's still in them. Right, well, but at least the boundary—it's improvement, and yes. the boundaries have been drawn. Yes, and they can't say, "Oh, I didn't know." Right, that's exactly so, right. So that—that's yeah. where the education is worth something. Yeah, we, I, we I keep coming absolutely. back to this with the mm-hmm. um, uh, what is it called? Um, appropriation, cultural appropriation. Yes. Um, so a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> who's been following me and saw me get into a big debate about that last week mm-hmm. said, "Well, I just want to ask because he's a musician." 
And so um, I didn't know this. Did you? Do you know who Betty Davis is? Not the actress. Anybody? Another Betty Davis. No. no. And I don't know There's what cultural Davis. appropriation. Could you define that for me, I will. please? Yes. Is that uh, like a white person assuming? Uh, uh, well, well it's ahead. a dominant culture. Yeah. The way it's being used is, yes. as a political term to talk about how people from a dominant culture will yeah. insensitively yeah. Um, appropriate, take on the aspects like, of Like Bo Derek. When Bo so Derek, I'll give an example. Yeah. Betty Davis yeah. is the wife. Mm-hmm. Of Miles Davis. She ah. was a wife of Miles Davis. Okay. And she was a musician. Mm-hmm. So after they split up, I guess, um, she had a funk band. They actually put out a couple of albums. People who know this know mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. It never, you know, never really got much national attention. Um, so a white friend of mine who's a musician mm-hmm. knew that like her birthday or something was coming up and said, wow, I want to do a thing for this. So. Mm-hmm. He talked to another band that he'd been working with and asked them if they'd be willing to do some covers. Mm -hmm. And they said, great. And so they did a tribute night, and they wanted to do a Betty Davis tribute night. Mm -hmm. Now, Betty Davis is a black woman. You're going to do a Betty Davis tribute night of her funk band, Mm -hmm. a music normally associated with African-American culture. Did it occur to you to think that maybe you might – Look at having some black people in the band. <laughs> it was not all white band. So that yes, and no. that's what he was bringing up. Okay. Is that is that cultural appropriation? He said, and I said, well, let's let's parse it a little bit because the way I always think about it when it comes to music, yeah, is um, I love karaoke. I sing Elton John a lot. Sure. Every now and then, some white person walks up to me and says, "What? How is it you know Elton John so well?" And I'm like, "Well, um, <laughs> when I was a kid, he was like yeah. top of the charts. He was on every radio station, sure. every TV show. Mm-hmm. He was all over the place." I have lots of thoughts on this. Go ahead. Right. So, I do too. <laughs> so I said, "So if yeah. we grow up with that together, yeah. like you grew up similarly with Ray Charles and Michael Jackson, yeah, how is that mine and not yours?" On the other hand. I wasn't around when some other mess happened. You weren't around either, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so don't tell me Shakespeare is your culture and not my culture. You're an American like me. You were mm-hmm. born in this country. Mm-hmm. Your skin color, what? That No, it's a ridiculous notion. So I said, I'm not going to ding mm-hmm. you on that. Yeah. But he said, and I didn't do anything. I didn't exclude anybody. And I yeah. said, I know. You didn't exclude anybody. So cultural appropriation is that notion of like when somebody puts on an Indian headdress and the, the way we see it in the movies and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really related to the Native American people. And it definitely has no direct connection to anybody from that culture. It's just this person saying, ooh, I want to do yeah. this. Like there was an ad, uh, I think it was a couple of months ago. I, I don't even think it was an American company. But they had put on this. Um, little black yeah, boy. It was either the black boy or there were like three white women who were putting on like Asian stuff. Asian oh, cultural appropriation. Uh, Matter of fact, I do remember it. It was a, a deep south. It was like an Alabama local bedding company. They were selling beds or whatever. It's like a mom and pop shop. Sure. But they put for their advertisements to celebrate something. It may have been uh, Veterans Day or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like Asian wardrobe and Native American wardrobe. But they were all blue, blonde hair, blue eyed women. Right. And, you know, people just freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and what happened? What's happened? One of the arguments against it is say, well, when, um, for example, right now there's a huge furor over. Um, I guess it's the Teen Titans. I, I mean, I really don't follow oh, movies enough. Okay, um, there's a character in Teen Titans called Starfire. 
Oh, yeah. She's an alien. Yes. She's a, in the comic book, she's an orange skin alien. So yeah. why are the fans going nuts because a black woman is playing her? I've always thought of her being a black woman with anger. Well, you know, when I hear people, oh, people are upset. What people are we talking about? Just right. a couple of folks on the end. Well, wait, yeah. I think that's the point. Yeah. It's, yes, we need to be sensitive. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. In the, I'm older. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I grew up and I remember, and for your readers, or your listeners who don't <laughs> yeah. know, uh, sure. I, I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so when I grew up in the South, I remember mm-hmm. colored water fountains and white water oh, fountains right. yeah, yeah. and colored bathrooms right, and white right, bed. Yeah, you know, yeah. and for me, because I was a little kid, I didn't get it. Yeah. Right. I just didn't get it. So my generation grew up. Mm-hmm. We were the ones who marched with Martin Luther. We were the ones who said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be sensitive we have to be sensitive. Yes. But I think it goes back to what you were saying about training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're either, you either have hate in your heart or you don't. That's exactly right. You're either right. a racist in your heart or you're not. Yeah. And I think people can learn. I go back to Jacksonville, Florida, where I grew up. Mm-hmm. I see it totally different. I mean, it's, it's changed. Uh, I'm sure you see it a lot of changes. It has changed. It has really changed. However, I am sure there are still pockets of Jacksonville. Right. That haven't changed. Of course. Yeah. But there are a lot, there's a lot that has changed. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard's, mm-hmm. you know, multicultural. He's black, uh, mm-hmm. um, American Indian, and white. Mm-hmm. Would I take him to some of the smaller towns in Florida? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't because there's yeah. still parts of Florida, parts mm-hmm. of Georgia, parts right. of Alabama. Right. Sure. But, but the South has changed a lot. Yeah. But it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's. I think it goes back to how were we raised? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are we just as people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to get so sensitive. I think the cultural, mm-hmm. uh, uh, cultural appropriation. appropriation can really be um, overdone, if I may say that mm-hmm. as a white person. Yeah. Um, I think we, you know, um, maybe your fellow didn't really know any black musicians to ask at the time. I don't know. And, and, and was it important? Was it so important that somebody in the band be black just because this was a black singer? I well, don't know. If you're trying to pay tribute to that black singer, she's not just a black singer, black composer, black musician. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to pay tribute to that person, <coughs> wouldn't it make sense to find somebody who represented her? And so my my response um. to him is <laughs> No, if you had an answer, go for it. But I don't know. The answer that I don't know was my it, response. Did to him he do would a good be, job of it? Did you think? I hope he did. I'm sure he did. He's a really good musician, mm-hmm. and the musicians he brought in are really good musicians. My point is, if we're going to change, then we have to change what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So it's because his idea in this was, I didn't do anything to exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. So I didn't make. So I didn't. It wasn't choice. I forget the word he used. Oh, design like design or something. I didn't. So I didn't design it to be that way. No, he he did say choice. I didn't choose it to be that way. And I'm like, actually, you did. Yeah. You chose it to be an all white band. You never mm-hmm. made an effort. Mm-hmm. You never had the thought to do it. Yeah. So if you had the thought and you don't know anybody and you don't have a budget to go out and hire some stranger to do it. Then that's fine within your budget. You yeah. didn't, but you at least have the thought. So let me let me let me chime in because I've been yeah. polite <laughs> so far. <laughs> no, go for it. But I think about average white band. The average white band yeah. was a 
I don't know if they were Scandinavian, but they were they were Euro, they were European, and were they, they were all white. Oh, I didn't know that. Completely all uh-huh. white. Now I do think they had maybe like one or two black guys, but sure. the lead singers they were all, and mm-hmm. they appreciated. You could hear it in the music. Right. They appreciated black music, oh, yeah. and they really embraced it. Now, when I think of cultural appropriation. I promise, folks, we will get into an origin story. We will talk about uh, theater. We do this. We're having fun. Okay. Um, I think about Elvis. Right. I was so pissed off at Elvis. I was like, hey, nobody knows about Big Mama Thornton right. who did Hound Dog. On the other hand, Elvis was raised with that same music. He was. Yeah. Well, so so it is his music. Well, yeah. One can take that, but once I can say... Wow, nobody knows Big Mama Thornton, and right. nobody wanted to market Big Mama Thornton. Right. Or let's say when, um, oh, I forget the guy who uh, took um, um, Little Richard, Tutti Frutti. Uh, um, um, Pat white, Boone. Yeah, Pat Boone. Yes. Oh, I, I saw, so there's a wonderful history of rock and roll, and right. if anyone goes on YouTube, you can find it. Mm-hmm. And there's a wonderful telling of the history of rock and roll and how there was a big hit, uh, Tutti Frutti, done by Little Richard, and of course, you know, France were freaking out on. Did you listen to that when you were young, or is that yeah. be, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, Pat. You know, the executives were like, "Hey, we want Pat Boone because he's right. more well, appropriate." They yeah. needed they needed somebody white to do it, and but, that that just drove me crazy. But think about when it was. Right. Yeah. Okay. So their music was still getting exposed, and people were starting to love mm-hmm. it. And then, ten years later, fifteen years later, people went, "Oh wow," you know, and they went mm-hmm. back to the roots, and it, mm-hmm. and it. Mm-hmm. They may, may never have done that yeah. if it hadn't been presented to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I frankly didn't like Pat Boone. I liked Elvis Presley, but mm-hmm. that was just me. Yeah. I, Pat Boone yeah, was yeah. just a little yeah. too... Yeah. Well, he was intended. He yeah. was aiming at a different... Yeah, yeah. he was just a so little... So jump back but to what the... About, co- go ahead. What about the Righteous Brothers? Yeah, there you go. Gorgeous. Produced by Lieber Stoller. And how yeah, how long did soul. we think they were yeah. black until we saw and, them? Yeah, and Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Caldwell, who did... Uh, mm-hmm. But you won't do, right, yeah. do for love. And I, for years, I thought that was a black guy. Right. But it was a yeah. white guy who embraced it. So my 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 point, my three mm-hmm. cents I'm throwing in the plate is um, if you can truly, truly embrace it, uh, right. if it's if you're doing it for a gimmicky thing, oh, this is what black people do. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Right. Um, but if you truly, truly embrace it, like Adele. I mean, Adele clearly has been it's listening amazing. to black yeah. music. Yeah. So... I don't look and at has that. And made, made it her own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this group, did they care? Did they even think about it? Maybe they didn't even think well, about it. And I go back to, so with um, the best description I've heard of cultural appropriation is to say that things fall into three categories. You are either a guest, you've been invited in, you're a tourist. You've decided that's an interesting place to go, but you're very um, respectful of the culture to the extent that you can be. Or you're an invader. You mm-hmm. just came in. You just took it. You didn't ask permission. You don't care about those people. You're going to do it your way. And so far, that works for me. I mean, there's not a situation I've heard yet where I haven't been able to go, okay, that person is this. That person is that. Yeah. Elvis is at least a guest. He grew up in it. He heard it when he was a little boy. He's, you know, There are interviews with him talking about that. This is the music that was in him more than it is the music that is in me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am suburban kid, so that's not my music. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way that rap is not my music. Yeah. Um, if some white kid grows up in a black urban setting and grows up with rap, like my son, <laughs> <laughs> um, then he can legitimately claim that music. He mm-hmm. has an awareness of it, an understanding of it, an appreciation of its mm-hmm. history, its evolution, and maybe its cultural roots, at least subliminally. That person who comes as an outsider, uh, what's her name, Celine Dion, mm-hmm. whose first hits, 
first hits in English, she doesn't speak English, or she does now, but she didn't then. It was all phonetic. She had no when she she's sings French, that French my Canadian, heart will right? go on. Yeah, she has no idea what she's saying. Mm-hmm. She's just singing notes. Yeah, and it moves us, and that's great. So some amazing producer. She's an amazing singer and some amazing producer, but. Mm-hmm. Is there a cultural word in that? I'm not sure there is. Yeah. Well, yeah, your mileage may vary. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's. And I want to bring up one last thing before we get into an origin story. Yeah. There's a story about the United States being the worst as far as the first world, I guess, um, for women's child for for childbirth. Apparently. Um, oh yeah. Did you read about? Did you yeah. hear about this? So USA Today did a uh, survey on the mortality rate of women right now mm-hmm. who give birth. And we've had a lot of fatalities. Mm-hmm. Um, just regulations within hospitals right. are so lax, yep. especially when it comes to minority women, Latino right. and black women, poor women. Yeah. Um, there have been, you know, just horrific, just, just yeah. horrible deaths. In, you didn't hear about this, huh? No, I didn't know about that. I yeah. didn't know. No, uh, go ahead. Uh, segwaying a little bit from that, sure. I did know that the United States is not standing behind the World Health Organization. That's who exactly is saying right. that. Breastfeeding is the best right. thing to do for your children. Absolutely, you for thank you for bringing months. that up. Yeah, and the United States said, "Oh yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to do that." We're not, yeah. There's a yeah. play, there's a playwright. I think it's John Robin Bates who has a wonderful play called um, Three Hotels, and it's basically oh, a series that. of monologues. Yeah. And one guy sells uh, baby, baby formula, formula to, Africa. to Africans. And, you know, the babies are dying and right. there are all sorts of problems. But he's a corporate guy and he's got to make that money. And it was just fantastic. EastEnders did it a long time ago, and I yeah. hope someone brings it back in. That'll be something for sent for you guys. Okay. Or probably less to do. Okay. Well, it's, it's, um, it's three monologues. It's the whole yeah. show is just exactly. three, three, big, three big yeah. monologues. Matter of fact, two people carry the show. Right. There's the executive and his wife. Yeah. And, of course, he's having marital problems because right. psychologically he's not doing the right thing, and it's affecting his marriage. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's a gorgeous piece. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what is it? Pure, is it Purina? No, it's uh, Nestle. I think it was Nestle. It was Nestle in real life. It yes. was Nestle that did uh, that. They yes. sold this baby formula to Africa. Africans saying they didn't need anything but to add water and they could nourish their children. Not thinking about they were taking it to places where there wasn't clean water. Right. So they were mixing it with this water right. and the kids were getting and sick. Kids, and, yeah. and, and they, they were doing all sorts of corporate, yeah, corporate things and lying and, you know, getting fake doctors to say, oh, no, it's okay. And well, baby food. Baby yeah. food until maybe I'm trying to remember the date. But baby food until the 90s for mm-hmm. sure yeah. mm-hmm. had lots of sugar in it. Right. Had lots of starch right. in it. Yeah. Had, had all kinds of things. And you don't want your child espe- to just ever, but especially as a baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, they've had to clean up their act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what regulation is um, all about. So right. these polls have been coming out for a long time, and yeah. we haven't been in the top ten in yeah. a long time. I'll just read it real quick. The United States is the most dangerous place in the developed world to give birth, with more than 50,000 mothers suffering severe injuries during or after childbirth and about 700 mothers dying. Oh, my. And it goes more, but I won't have to go into it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's amazing. But before we get into an order story, what do you think, I ask everybody this, um, how are you dealing in the, in the age of Trump? I mean, uh, how, how, what, do you, what are you feeling <laughs> about what's going on? Um, Any hints on how <laughs> it's facing? Um, I know what I do. If you don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I look at it. I go. I mean, first of all, I'm not a Trump supporter, so everybody can just mm-hmm. I'm not a Trump supporter. But I do believe um, 
I'm a Christian. I believe mm-hmm. that I believe that God's in charge. There's scriptures that say nobody's in power unless God lets him be in power. Mm-hmm. I look at the Old Testament. I see horrible kings, right. horrible kings that were in power. Mm-hmm. So all I can say is I'm not sure mm-hmm. what God's plan is, but I can, I, I mean, he's just a, he's a, he's an outrageously horrible human being mm-hmm. and a leader. However, more people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. That's right. We, People are are up and ready to vote that never voted before. Right. Mm-hmm. So the worse it gets, the more people pay attention. Yes. That, so that's what I do to stay sane. Mm-hmm. I just go, okay, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to trust mm-hmm. because we'll just see what comes out of it. Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, you know, I, I have a faith podcast, which I do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll be doing it tomorrow. We go into the Bible verses, and I'm yeah. a Christian as well. And, and I totally believe it. You know, it's not on our time. It's, it's on God's time. Mm-hmm. And that was one question that I wanted to ask because there's been uh, – actually, it happened a couple of weeks ago. Just to finish up my point, yes, I believe that, you know, um, it's – we have to stay prayerful and, uh, I've, you know, just believe that uh, – and these things are finite, you know. Yeah. There's a wonderful go- a Negro gospel. You know, I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. Um, <laughs> but there have been um, – what well, we talked about, uh, I think, was Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who was kicked out of a restaurant and uh, mm-hmm. or shamed or whatever. No, but she wouldn't, wouldn't serve her. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about that? I'll ask both of you. How do you feel about this, the, the, the ethos or the, the strategy of – sort of uh, shaming. I mean, because I, I listened to another podcast where someone was saying, well, hey, aren't we doing the same thing that the Republicans are doing to us? Yes, we very much are. Yeah. What did that, that came right on the tail of her doing something yeah. specific. And there was also Tommy Lauren. What was it? I well, can't, I've forgotten exactly. I, she, she, I guess this, this was during the, um, the, it was still during the zero it was tolerance. During the, it, was, it was about the children, I think. Exactly. It was about the children. The children so I'm not sure mm-hmm. they would have done that to her just in general. Yeah. But because of where it came mm-hmm. and it, we were separating children yes. from their parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is, Some who are still separated even now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The latest like thing I heard. There's 700 yeah. and they yeah. just say, uh, they aren't eligible. What? Do you mean they're not eligible? So, but anyway, right. so mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um that that I think was the was the focus and the impetus for telling sure. her I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. And know. and there was another uh, conservative uh, chick, Tommy Lauren, who's this. Uh, she like, looks like twenty something, you know, brown, um, blonde hair, blue eyed chick, and mm-hmm. she went and someone just threw water on her, oh, and right. as a form of protest. And right. um, I I'm, I feel funny about that. What do you think, Norman? Uh, well, I don't think like. The way it's been interpreted is, especially once Maxine Waters opened her mouth, it's been interpreted that we're encouraging that or the left is encouraging that. I don't think the left is encouraging that, but if I personally feel so offended by you, Mm -hmm. then I have a, you know, a right within Mm -hmm. certain parameters to express that. If I were running the ho- if I were running the restaurant, I wouldn't say like we're not going to put up a sign that say no Republicans served here. I wouldn't do that. But if my server came to me and said, "You know who's here tonight? Sarah Huckabee Sanders is mm-hmm. here. I-, I can't serve her. I will not serve her." I wouldn't be like you're fired. I'd be like, "Okay, you don't have to serve her, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll go serve her because I want the money." <laughs> but I'll say mm-hmm. I have to let you know that you know you're. 
we're not really happy with what's going on right now. You yeah. need to know that. Yeah. yeah. In the same way that I thought the Hamilton cast, I thought they handled it. That to oh, me that's fantastic. Model. That's right. They did when a beautiful with, performance, um, Vice and then they Prince. came out after the bow to say, "Sir, we just want to let you know that we hope that you will represent the interests of all of us." And the right wing went nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, they insulted him. They didn't no, insult they him. didn't insult they him. They called him out. And I don't think they were rude to Sarah Huck- Huckabee Sanders. I think they very politely. Yeah. Were, from what I heard. And from what I remember, so I think I, the, the, the waiter, I think, was gay and said, listen, right. you know, your policies don't, you right. know, yeah. don't reflect I mean, I do me. think in a general yeah. sense, yeah. we do need to not be rude. We need to be polite. We right. need to be loving. We need right. to be, you yes. know, because otherwise you're never going to have a conversation. With right. Them. Right. In fighting evil, you can't be evil. Yeah. But we don't want to normalize either. So right. the throwing exactly. of water. Yeah. Now, if they arrest that person who threw the water, I'd be like, yep, arrest them. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we can throw a um, GoFundMe campaign and that person <laughs> will be out of jail like that. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Um, and the guy who punched Richard Spencer. Oh, yeah. Love that video. Do not want to encourage that behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. But he was trying to be normalized. And somebody was like, oh, no, I'm going to wait for an opportunity to do this so that it is seen. This isn't mm-hmm. just about me attacking you. Yeah. This is about me stopping your, your public displays of mm-hmm. this hateful, you know, normalizing this hateful way of, of thinking. Yeah. I don't know about the violence, though, but I, right. I do no, understand. I, I agree. I don't. Yeah. If they arrest that guy, I'm mm-hmm. like, yep, arrest him. And, yeah. you know, he should be fine. Yeah. But I also it, hope that Richard, Richard Spencer is on mm-hmm. notice that there's going to be a whole bunch of folks lining up. Yeah. If you keep going and doing what you're doing. Yeah. When I think of civil disobedience, I think about the the uh, the civil rights movement. King. And of course, right. I mean, King was exactly. Yeah. And you stay calm. You don't fight back. Right. Exactly. Just you know, make your point. And there's a wonderful book by John Lewis called Walking with the Wind. And he talks right. about how the students, because they were divinity students, you know, before right. they became protesters. Mm-hmm. They wanted to study, you know, how to be ministers. And all of a sudden you have Brown v. Board of Education and Rosa Parks and the uh, Montgomery bus boycott. And they were like, okay, let's do these sit-ins. Mm-hmm. And they practiced. They were like, listen, we're going to be beaten. We're going to be spat on. Mm-hmm. But we're going to roll up. Right. Cover ourselves. Right. And expect to be arrested. Right. And we do not lay our hands on them. Right. Because the cameras are on them and people yeah. need to know who the enemy is and who the good guys are. Yeah. Right. Let's not muddle it. And it's, it's obvious. Uh, there's a video going around now from a, I think he's a Catholic mm-hmm. priest. And he's just talking about what it is to be a Christian. Oh, you're and talking about um, have you seen Curry. It? Is it Michael Curry? It's, this is the one who married Meghan Markle. Now, if it's somebody else, oh, is it a black oh, guy? Oh. I, no, this is a white guy. Oh, never oh, mind. No, no, yeah, no, no. This he looks he looks like something straight out of you know a Bing Crosby movie. I mean, this <laughs> okay, old white guy with silver hair. You know what? I think I saw that video. But he, um, <laughs> but in it are clips of him when he was with the Peace Corps. Yeah. In other places, doing doing work. Yeah. Um, and that's and he talks from that place. This is what the Bible says, and this is what we should be doing. So, how do you as a Christian reconcile what's going on now? <clears throat> How can you continue to support this administration when mm-hmm. they are doing these things? There's no, how can you call that Christian? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yes, at this that's point, exactly I feel right. like that's the most useful thing is to ask questions. Yeah. And if you're going to ask questions, you have to be ready for answers because I'm trying to ask both sides. Yeah. I'm not really that much in connection with the right, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to ask wherever I can. Yeah. The left, the, the self described particularly the self-described Hillary left. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with these people? How could they let this happen? How could you not vote? Like, do you want an answer to that question? 
Because if you want an answer to that question, you can probably get one by asking it in an appropriate way. If you just want to use it as a way to, you know, just denigrate people and say that these are horrible people and, and Trump is your fault, I'm pretty sure that everybody who didn't vote didn't vote because they didn't want Trump. If they wanted Trump, they would have voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. They didn't vote. If you want to know why they didn't vote, you need to ask them. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. You hit the nail on the head. Um, Hillary, mm-hmm. you know, Hillary did herself in. Hillary did not run her campaign the way she needed to run her campaign. So I think the Hillary supporters need to be honest about that. Mm-hmm. She didn't go to the places. She mm-hmm. just thought, oh, I have those in the bag. Right. Yeah can't do that because yeah. Hillary did come with baggage yeah. whether it was really her baggage or just the Clinton name baggage sure, sure. it was still there or the and right she needed to mm-hmm. she no. needed to address it she needed to let them know yeah um, Trump he's a he's an amazing marketer yeah, yeah he, he is. he's you know I, I don't think he's a very smart man but sure. he's an amazing marketer mm-hmm. he read it he knew what they wanted. He mm-hmm. gave them what they wanted. Right. Yeah. You know, and in it, the it, moment, he could read a, a read like, a crowd, read a and crowd, and, and know exactly. Yeah. Is right. You, this is what you want. Yeah. To he hear. really is a perfect salesman. I mean, yeah. it, it reminds me. It reminds me of Glengarry Glenn Ross. You know, mm-hmm. you could be selling crap, but if you could sell it good, yeah, you can sell boom. it. Oh. Yeah. So I mean, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, you, as you were talking about to jump back into, um, you were talking about. Christianity and the civil, and civil rights. It reminded me. It made me think about the Second Great Awakening. The Second Great Awakening happened. There were four Great Awakenings mm-hmm. in the United States. I promise, folks, we will get into theater. Ah! <laughs> this is my last button before There's we get into an origin story. Really but the Second Great Awakening uh, <laughs> happened in America, uh, where preachers started asking themselves and their parishioners, "How can we, how can we call ourselves Christian and have slaves?" Mm-hmm. And it started the abolitionist movement. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a black guy, Absalom Jones, who started the AME uh, Baptist uh, Church. Mm -hmm. Basically, you know, there were white uh, Methodist churches who said, hey, you know, let's teach these uh, black folks, these free black folks, the Bible, and they can start their own church. And it just, you know, snowballed into, um, you know, the Civil War because, you know, there were abolitionists. Some Mm -hmm. were conscience Whigs, and then the Whig Party fell, and then in Wisconsin in 1852 – Came the Republican Party right. when the Republican Party because was it used to be right party for the people, right? Exactly. Yeah, and that fell uh, pretty quickly. So when did the fourth come? The fourth is actually televangelism. That's uh, that wow. was the birth of the religious right. The Seven Hundred Club, the PTL right. Club. Yeah. It really began with um, Jerry um, Falwell. Falwell. Not, not Jerry Falwell. Oh. I'm, I'm thinking about um, oh. Ga- Graham, Billy Graham. Oh, Billy, Billy Graham. Because yeah. that was he really started in the 30s. Mm-hmm. I think he was legitimate, but still he got caught up into politics. It's real right. politics and religion became a little too meshed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where basically politicians would go to a mega church and say, "Hey, listen, I'll vote for your values. Give me your vote." Right. And you had this, what I'm going to call an unholy. Compromise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see what's happening now. I always thought Billy Graham kept himself pretty clean. Yeah. Well, he, there's some Nixon tapes which are not cool. Oh, yeah. Where I mean, they he, talk about anti-Semitism and all that sort uh, of stuff. But I do. Th- I agree with you, Barbara. I think that he, for the most part, that he never he, lost his connection to God. Exactly. Yeah, he okay. he really tried to not make it about himself. Yeah. He always made it about Jesus. Yeah. And he didn't even take a lot of money from his organization. Mm-hmm. He had a salary. He lived in a Nice mm-hmm. house, but not 
huge. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so I kind of yeah. think he sort of kept his act yeah. together. I, I haven't I read he, too much he, about him in yeah. politics. But he, I know he, but he was one of the main ones to be the pastor of the presidents. Yes, um, he was. And, and to bring it into the televised age. Right, exactly. Yes. And with yes. that, <laughs> television. Let's, let's, let's talk about. <laughs> let's have an origin story. Barbara Mickelson Harder. Um, Michelson. I'm going to correct Michelson, you. This time Michelson. Michelson. Thank you. Thank you. So I've known you so many years. Uh, it's thank okay. you. <laughs> it's not pronounced the way it's spelled, so it's. Yeah. I get it a lot. I oh. hear. I hear you. Yeah. Um, There's no a. In <clears throat> Shameful. I know. You. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. You're a veteran actress. I'm not going to say were because I think you, you still have time to get on the stage. I'd love I to see you on stage. I again. will again someday. <laughs> um, but you are a um, the co-owner of Off Broadway West, and Off Broadway West has been running for what ten years, twenty years? Oh, more than that. Two, we started in two thousand. Thousand and six, so okay. it's twelve oh. years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, but let's talk about you and how you got into theater. How did you grow up with theater? No. Okay. But I wanted to be an actor, so um, I acted in high school. Okay. Wanted to go to New York, but they didn't want to send me to New York because I might get in trouble. Mm. From where? Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, yeah. They didn't want, well, I can see. Yeah. Not so they sent me to the University of Texas, mm -hmm. which had an amazing drama department. Mm. Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. But um, it so was. So they let you study drama? Yes, they let me study drama. Wow. But see, the University of Texas, oh, good. She'll get tired of that. Then she can do <laughs> other things. It'll be fine. You know, okay. it'll be fine. Yeah. But I didn't get tired of it. But I did. Um, it was. It was in the 60s. Mm -hmm. I ended up in San Francisco. Mm. You, were you a flower child? Were yes, you a hippie? I was. Yes, mm. I was. All right on. Yes, I was. <laughs> I, can, I cannot imagine you as that. Uh, yes, but I was. Okay. There right. you go. Well, times uh, change. Times yeah. change. You know, <laughs> I lived in the hate. Sure. You know, went to you, all the you, rock and roll. You know, went you, to you Big Brother and the so much Company. Stuff. Wow. And Grateful Dead. And yeah. We yeah, were talking about Billy Graham. Amazing. You met. You probably went to a Bill Graham I concert. Did. I <laughs> yeah. did. I went to lots of Bill Graham. Right. Yeah, concerts. Anyway, so uh -huh. acting was put aside for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and I, long road, long road, ended up back in San Francisco, um, worked in the hotel business for years, mm -hmm. um, had to stop doing that. My mother got really ill, mm -hmm. then I got ill. So I stopped working for a while. Mm -hmm. And had time to take class. Still wanted to act. So mm. I started studying with Gene Shelton. Oh. oh. Yay, yeah. Both you and Richard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I studied with her um, while he was not at the school. I okay. didn't know who Richard Hardy was. Mm -hmm. oh. um, and so I studied, and um, she's amazing. She was amazing. Mm -hmm. Her technique was so easy to grasp and just so basic. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to get you going to where it got more complicated. I mean, mm -hmm. she was great. Yeah. So I was there for several years <coughs> doing things in class. We were working on a series of one acts, Tennessee Williams one acts, mm -hmm. and she was directing mm -hmm. us. Then Richard came back to class. Of course, I didn't know who he was, mm -hmm. and he didn't know who I was either. Um, so we had formed this little company called, I don't even remember what we called it, out mm -hmm. of the class. Mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. We were doing all these one acts. Yeah. And what what year is this? I'm trying to track this, was this time. Two, this online. was probably 2001. Okay. Maybe, 2001. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she asked him to help direct them because um, it was too much for her. She uh -huh. was already right. a little old. And so we met, 
Um, I thought he was arrogant. He thought I was pushy. Mm -hmm. But he did direct our plays, and um, and he was a, an amazing director. Mm -hmm. You know, it was mm -hmm. really good. So we got through that. We became friends, and then later, you know, we became more than friends, and then sure. we got married. Yeah. But um, I continued to study with Gene for a while, and then uh, I can't remember what happened exactly, but we decided talked to a bunch of people and decided we were going to form a theater company. And so we mm -hmm. started Off-Broadway Off West. West. Yeah. I just wanted to add as an addendum, so I've been working with the, um, the Playwright Center, which is, we're doing it at the Shelton Theater. Right. Uh -huh. And there's a great big picture of a woman. That gorgeous and I was like, oh, that's Jean Shelton. Right. I was like, ah, I that's see. That's when she was very young. With yes. the chair. Yeah, with, I I love that. I, in oh, fact, I have a gorgeous photo of it. There's a there's a chair. No, there's a there's the giant photo of her hanging on the wall, and then below it is a chair, right? A white <laughs> chair. I think so. Yeah. So when you get, it's like at the foot of the stairs. So right before it's you go a, up the stairs. It's a headshot. Yeah. It's her headshot. It's her headshot, and then short hair. Yeah. That's beautiful. when she was. In New York. Right. Th yo, those are her New Yorkers. But yeah. there's a gorgeous little seat there, so there's a wonderful sort of altar to ah. her that is ah. mm -hmm. every time yeah. I go in there. I the good old Shelton Theater. Yeah. Um, so you you were doing a lot of um, – I want. do you have any siblings? No. Okay. Only child. Yes. Got it. Um, so so the birth of Off-Broadway West, um, it was you, Richard. Um, how many other folks? Um, there were eight of us, I believe. Okay. Joyce Henderson was involved. Michael Medici was involved. Um, I don't know if I can remember everybody. Yeah, but there were yeah. probably about eight of us. Yeah. And we did, the first play we did was, um, Richard, what was it? Fiction mm -hmm. by mm -hmm. Stephen Deeds. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. It was really, it was an, mm -hmm. it's an excellent play. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Probably one of his best. But, um, so we did that. Mm -hmm. And it was a big hit. And then we did, I think, now, were you working at the Phoenix Theater? Or yeah, was it we have always worked at the Phoenix Got Theater. Got it. I see. Mm -hmm. We really like that a space. Wonderful partnership with um, Linda Airs Linda Airs Frederick, Frederick yeah. who we've had on the show. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Have yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you she's to great. Yeah. Yeah, and she just, she just built uh, a new one there. You know, she did have the fourth floor. Mm -hmm. Right. The landlords went insane, did all this stuff. Anyway, now she has two that are on the sixth floor. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the second one she built is really nice. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a theater, whereas the one on the fourth floor, kind of was living roomish, uh, uh -huh. so now she has two spaces. Wow, so that's amazing! Yeah. Linda Frederick. I mean, she just has all this energy. And when yeah. we had her on the show, I think it was her thirtieth anniversary. I think they, the city of San Francisco, made had her honored her. Yeah. Had honored her. Yeah, and she now has. Yeah. Um, she had to do that. She had to go after that, mm -hmm. right. so that she could keep her theater space, right. so they wouldn't kick her out. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And she did it. I, I so. think to make it culturally significant yeah. uh, mm -hmm. for San Francisco, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, it shows it how much. to be. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't see. I've, I've been in this market, in this scene for like 30 years, over 30 years, and there's so many folks that have come and gone. Mm -hmm. It's always a joy to see somebody who's still active. Yeah. 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 So she's been doing it for a while, and we, and we like that space, and we love working with her. Yeah. So, um, and we did... Quite a few shows. Oh yeah, many, many, many. And we did I'm thinking, car, mm -hmm. we did. Well, you see some the posters bridge. there. We uh, did. There's Master Herald. There's Hedda Gobbler Master right Harold there. Master Herald was great. Yeah. Lifetimes three. Hedda Gobbler was yeah. wonderful. Mm -hmm. A view from the bridge. A view from the bridge was. Which uh, I think that may have been the last thing that Richard was in. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so. What made you um, get out of acting? Uh, did, you know, because you've transitioned sort I think what you do now is more on the administrative end of Off-Broadway West. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what made me get out of acting mm-hmm. is I didn't have time to be in a play. I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. because it's really a time commitment. Mm-hmm. So is producing, but producing right. you can do more around mm-hmm. your job. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I had a day job. Yeah. That I just didn't have time. Yeah. So I became the producer, and I'm really good at that. I was in the hotel business for 20 mm-hmm. years in mm-hmm. sales, and mm-hmm. so I'm. It was right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I had I'm all the tools. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you know there we there are a lot of theater companies who. Artistically, they have it, but business-wise, they don't have it, and a lot of them just fall by the wayside. And Off-Broadway West, I think you are sort of the engine behind it. You know, like Richard is sort of the front end. You know, yeah. let's say if an actor is coming into Off-Broadway West, they'll meet Richard, and you know, he'll direct and he'll you know decide yeah. what the plays are, or whatever. You're sort of on the back end. I mean, you're still present, but you handle the administrative stuff. How? Um, just can you talk about the I guess the state of business in, in especially in the Bay Area theater, like how much it is to do a production and all of the little things that you do to to make off Broadway as um you know to keep it alive okay, so when we first started through quite a few of our plays, they would pay for themselves mm-hmm. and uh production would cost anywhere between sixteen thousand to eighteen thousand mm. dollars we We always used non-equity actors. Mm-hmm. We paid more than most people for a stipend. We paid mm-hmm. between two and $300 mm-hmm. for a stipend, and a lot of people pay 100 or mm-hmm. 50 right. yeah. So we didn't want our actors to not be paid, but we couldn't afford to do equity actors. Mm-hmm. We always paid our tech people because mm-hmm. you have to pay the tech people. Mm-hmm. Right. They won't do tech for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, as a former techie <laughs> of Off-Road Wisdom, you paid very well. And we tried to, yeah, we wanted it to be worth, mm-hmm. worth your while. To yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did that for quite some time. What is going on now in the theater, uh, at least from our end, even though our plays were critically success and we won awards and Richard won directing awards and Mm -hmm. acting awards, the plays stopped paying for themselves. Mm -hmm. So we've realized we have to earn, we have to raise quite a bit of money up front. Mm -hmm. We need to go into it with nine or ten thousand dollars because it'll make some money. Right. But we we were ending up in the hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and the uh, which um, it was the Pinter play, the last Pinter play, birthday party, birthday party. Yeah, the lead actress was Celia Maurice. Celia Maurice, and we had she, her on the show too. She mm-hmm. was the best actor. Yeah, Richard got a directing award. I mean, yeah. it was just, but still, yeah, it came up short. So I, looking at it from a producer standpoint. I'm looking at who's on Gold Star that didn't used to ever be on Gold Star. Uh-huh. ACT. Right. The ballet. Right. All these people. And you're going, oh, yeah. okay, so it's not just us. Mm-hmm. Things have really changed. Right. So we need to change how we operate. Mm-hmm. And with our last play, we did a local playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called, I don't know why I can't think. I think Richard, without mercy, thank you. Mm-hmm. See, see why I brought him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without mercy and it was mm-hmm. a local pre- playwright and she had quite a following mm-hmm. and it did it did well yes but we still had to raise the money up front mm-hmm. you know so that's become our new that's your new that's how we operate now yeah, yeah. yeah. is is it 
are you guys hurting? I mean, can you still? I mean, I guess every. I, I don't think I've known a theater company that you know that makes you know a profit. You know, a lot of times they do it for love or whatever. But there are times where it's it's just too much and it begins to really really hurt. Um, has Off Broadway has, has it gotten to that point where? I don't know. Um, you, you're sort of rethinking things, or, or is it still fun? Is it still a wonder, a great experience? It's still fun mm-hmm. when we do it. We do less plays than we used to. Yeah. Um, we don't don't have what we what we don't have, and I look at us in line with all the other theater companies. Mm-hmm. We're still young. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it for what did I say, twelve years. Yeah. The theater companies that have been doing it for 30 and 35 years, sure. they have the board members. They've found somebody that wants to give them mm-hmm. mm-hmm. $50,000 an a year. They found right. an angel. We don't have an angel yet. So we still have to go out and mm-hmm. talk to our little angels <laughs> and put sure. them all together <laughs> to make a big angel. So we just do less plays. Yeah. But when we do one, mm-hmm. it's good quality. We have a good time. The production, we have high production values. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do anything sloppy. It has to look good. The set mm-hmm. has to be great. Mm-hmm. When people come into the theater, they have to feel like they've been to a small theater in New York. Yeah. And we've had a lot of people tell us that. Mm-hmm. This is New York quality theater. So that makes us feel great. Mm-hmm. No, and, and we talked to um, Gary Graves, who does the uh, Central, Central Works. Central Works, yeah. And mm. uh, one of yes. the things that the two of you have similar you fit plays, which fits the space. They do amazing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Same, same as you. Yeah. Did you have any questions, uh, Norman? Uh, no, I was I'm sorry. I got stuck with <laughs> it's the okay. Time. But I did. Have, I okay. did have a quick question. Oh, are we running? But low? I do want to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. we're getting we're getting on the hour mark. So okay, okay. you guys made your plug. Yes. Yeah. So oh, we definitely ask want me plugs. why. Ask me what I'm doing now to keep my acting. Yes. My yes, acting please. chops going. Okay, so what I'm doing now yes. to keep my acting chops going is taking Richard's class because Richard ah. Harder, my husband, the best director and one of the best directors in the Bay Area, I won't no. say the best because oh. somebody will get insulted. Amazing teacher, Gene Shelton's protege, mm-hmm. is teaching an acting class now, and so it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Saturday mornings from ten to twelve mm-hmm. at the Phoenix. Oh, nice. Yeah, and we'll he put, has a website. Yeah, and we'll pu- we'll put the plug in there. We'll, yeah. we have a, a link. And we do okay. links for shows, yeah. and also we'll link. And I'm just going to echo having stage managed for you and Richard for you know a, a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Richard is very direct. He is is exactly what you would get from let's say a New York you know mm-hmm. perspective, and uh, he's into the beats. He's into um, script script, script uh, analysis. analysis. Right. Um, so I. Yeah. I totally would recommend, uh, you know, if you're a young budding actor or let's say if you just want to think about getting into acting. Or if you mm-hmm. want to hone your skills, you haven't Absolutely. really. Because that's what I, you know, I haven't mm-hmm. acted in a while. Yeah. But I didn't want to lose it. So it's fun. Right, exactly. Being in so, class and mm-hmm. another woman mm-hmm. was in class too. She was the same thing. She was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I just haven't done it for a while. I don't want to lose it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And what, what, uh, what, how much does it cost? It costs, it's eight weeks and it costs 400 mm-hmm. 400 that's not bad. No, it's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad at all. Not at all. It's it's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a quick question for you because you've seen, you know, you came into San Francisco. It sounds like you went to San, you came to San Francisco during, you know, the um the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You went back home to take care of your mom and then you came back here. Well, I did a lot of things in between. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So I came here in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um Went to Hawaii, lived mm-hmm. in Hawaii, because oh. um, I, you know, I, 
the 60s, after you're here for a while doing drugs, because I did lots of drugs, <laughs> after you do lots of drugs, you look at it and you go, hmm, let me think. Is there something? People are dying. I'm right. what, And so then everybody went into meditation. And right. Everything, you know, mm. Stephen Gaskin, I don't know if you ever heard him do mm-hmm. this guru, self-proclaimed guru. Anyway. Right. And then so I moved to the Santa Rosa in the woods and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff. And then people were going to Hawaii. I went, that sounds good. Mm, I think right. I'll go to Hawaii and live on the beach in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I did that. And mm-hmm. that's actually where I became a Christian was in Hawaii. Because ah. oh. you kind of get there and you go, let's see. Everything's perfect around me and I'm still screwed up. Oh. Oh, darn, you know. Mm. Could, it be, could it be me? You know. So, <laughs> wow. um, and I lived there for, got married the first time. Lived there for a while. Then mm. moved to New Mexico. Lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. And mm-hmm. then I came back to San Francisco. Um. And when was so that? I came back to San Francisco in 85. 85, because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you the state of barrier theater then to now, and if you've seen a lot of transition, because I hear, you know, from other folks that, wow, barrier theater was vibrant and, you know, just exciting. and Yeah. I really didn't know too much about it. Richard could tell you a lot about it. Mm-hmm. I was in the hotel business. If you know oh, anybody that's in the hotel business. So you came back and you were working. That's what they do. Yeah. They yeah. do the hotel business. Got it. Got that's it. Got it. it. So, but I've heard Richard talk about it, and I know there was the one act theater company, and there were just so many different companies in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It was really a vibrant scene. Yeah. And even when we got into it much later, you know, in 2006, yeah, it was, it was, there were theater audiences. There were people that came. There mm-hmm. were a lot of people who lived in the city. There were tourists, because you could go to Tix, sure, yeah. and they really wanted to see small theater. Mm-hmm. And so, but mm-hmm. that, but that's changed and you know the population of san francisco has changed yeah mm-hmm. have you guys been hurt by um i don't know gentrification just uh just rising prices i don't know if um not to put linda out there but you know has you has your rent gone up a little bit but you know she's amazing mm-hmm. with keeping it reasonable for mm-hmm. the companies that want to be in her space right. yeah that's cool she really she really is i think gentrification the i think um I would love to figure out how to get the techies interested in theater. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's been a common thing. I would really love to do that. We, um, Adam uh, is Simpson is one Adam of Simpson, yeah. yeah. Who's also he's been here. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, he's a techie. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's an actor, and he's very mm-hmm. much into it. But he was working at Zynga, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was in the play. And half of the theater one night, it was a 50-seat theater, so 25 mm-hmm. of his friends came uh-huh. from awesome. work. They yeah. loved it. They'd never been in a theater yeah. before. They loved uh, it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they ever came back. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, it what was like, they just, it was like, oh, gee, right. that was fun. It's like, you know, turn off your cell phones. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> you have to turn off your cell phone. Right. You can't just put it on silent. Turn it off. Right. If you get a text, everybody will know it. Right. Please turn it off. I promise you won't die. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and they loved it. Yeah. But. Yeah. And we have some other young friends and that are in that age. Actually, one of the actors that's in Richard's acting class, and mm-hmm. he said to him, he said, you know, we just don't plan. Mm. If we have your postcard and maybe oh, that right. night we'll right. go, Right. oh, yeah, okay, let's go tonight. But they right. don't make reservations. They don't plan no. ahead. They don't. Yeah. And so it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a cultural thing. I mean, you know, um, if you haven't grown up in theater, I mean, I'm sure there are some young 20-somethings who do go to theater, yes. but a lot of them watching YouTube or, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the, the digital stuff. Um, but, you know, I do see a lot of young actors. There's still some yeah, 20-something right. yeah. actors. People that want to be actors, yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, a whole new generation coming up. I'm I'm dealing with some right now. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, awesome. Well, it's weird. Uh, there's a woman, young woman, who um, I was running Oakland Public Theater here in Oakland, and uh, she was an intern. She was in. She was at Mills College, and we were the resident company at the time. And so she worked on one of my shows. Now she has her own theater company, and she has hired me as an actor. And I'm like, oh great, this is freaky. But okay, yeah, this yeah. works. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. I guess good. that's how mm-hmm. things change. Yeah, I guess, but you know. great. I mean, you know, there will always be people that want to keep the art going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just looking for that audience member. Right. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. do we reach how new do we audience? Reach yeah. new audiences with something that is really mm-hmm. um, going to grab their interest. And they just—they've never experienced. I think people that did grow up in New York mm-hmm. or Chicago or Minneapolis, where they mm-hmm. did grow up with theater, because there's still cities with mm-hmm. right. vibrant with theater, theater scenes. Yeah. scenes yeah. Yeah. But um, and then they want to go, but it's—it's it's a foreign thing to them. Yeah, right. it's just. Yeah. I think that's the thing that people talk about about the '80s is there was a sense of you not only went to a show, but you were bubbling in the audience about did you see this? Oh, we're going to go see this next week. And a mm-hmm. whole discussion about what else was happening in the scene. I'm not sure I'm hearing that as much, but yeah. I'm also not going as much. So, yeah, we're yeah. too busy working. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. yeah. We do see. I mean, Richard sees quite a bit of theater because of the TBA. Oh right, um, yes. you know, and we're still part adjudicator, of that yeah. adjudicator thing. And uh, so there's still theater out there, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you mentioned Central Works because their plays are yeah. their exactly. productions are mm-hmm. really top notch. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's comparable to Off Broadway West, so I think um, it's you. you know th- there's some fantastic theater, and um, we've hit the one hour mark. Um, shout outs, yeah, birthdays, yeah, I've got some birthdays. Uh, today Go ahead. is Rotimi. Ag- oh boy, am I going to mess up his last name? Agbabiaka. Um, he's a young actor who has just been burning up the stages around here. He, last thing I saw him in was uh, Black Rider at mm-hmm. Shotgun Players, which mm-hmm. was uh, December January this year. He was fantastic. Uh, his birthday is today. Uh, I mentioned last time we did the podcast, uh, Chico Perdiman's birthday is coming up. Uh, Dawson Moore, uh, who runs a um, festival up in Alaska, a theater festival. Mm. Yeah, Is that the one Linda goes to? Might be. I think it's there's a, only it's one. A, it's <laughs> a, she goes to it. She takes her plays up there sometimes. Yeah, she I, gets, I, yeah. I, I would imagine it. Uh, Dale Albright. Yeah, you just mentioned that. I saw him the other day, this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Is he hard. doing the uh, stuff at the cafe? I mean, at the uh, oh, Playwrights no, Center? No, 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 no. I saw him on the street. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, Lauren Spencer, mm-hmm. uh, African-American actress. Happy birthday to all these people. Mm-hmm. Amanda Shelton. Oh, right. Matt Shelton's wife. That's her, That's her birthday, birthday today. Not, no, uh, next, uh, this Sunday, this coming Sunday, it's her birthday. Okay. Brian Thorstenson is a playwright. His birthday's coming up. Uh, Howard Johnson, Michael Curry, uh, Robert Owens Graygrass, mm-hmm. um, birthday, I think that's everybody. Oh, and Karen Amano Tompkins, um, who was one of the people who started Thick Description. Um, her birthday is coming up next week. And Chad Jones, who I first met Chad when he Jones. was he was uh, reviewing theater, and now he does, he still does, I think he has an online thing called Theater Dogs. Hmm. But he also does a lot of other cultural things. Anyway, those are the birthdays I have. What do you have? Uh, Noah Hayden. I acted with him uh, at, uh, wrote, uh, Ray of Light Theater. Mm. Who's, uh, and Ray of Light is doing fantastic uh, stuff. I think they have, I don't know if it's Hedwig. Um, I'll, I'll, um, 
I know they're I know they're doing something. I will will plug what they're doing. But Noan's birthday is today. Oh, happy birthday! And let's see, Dale Albright. Well, you mentioned Dale Albright. Oh, His birthday yeah. is Sunday. And Barbara, your birthday is Tuesday. Yes, it is <laughs> on the twenty seventh. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be twenty one again, right? Yes, I will. <laughs> And uh, that is that is all I have theater wise. Uh, there are uh, actually there's shows. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm sorry. There's one. Um, a good friend of mine who graduated with me, uh, Mel Dyer. He's actually a, a playwright, mm-hmm. and uh, well, he's a short story writer, uh, which can a, very easily fit on the stage. And his birthday's on Monday, and that's it. Uh, uh, blah blah blah. King of Cuba, which is at Central Works, is op- up this week. Uh, 448 Psychosis as uh, Anton Anton's Well. That's right. Um, that I went and I saw the show last week. It's it's hard to describe because you're kind of going into the mind of a suicide of a person Ooh. who is contemplating suicide. And the playwright, in fact, did shortly afterwards Ooh. commit suicide. Ooh. Um, but what's interesting, what makes it not just a downer, is um, she is brilliant and she's amazingly creative and. It's hard for her to parse where that is crazy and where it isn't, and you, the audience, get caught up in it. So you find yourself kind of going, oh, and when you feel like you're just sort of a live wire, mm-hmm. and you know that, that image is, you know, is electric. It's, it's not a pleasant or comfortable image. Mm-hmm. You can see where that would burn you out, mm-hmm. and so you get to experience it with three, not one person, but three actresses becoming these voices that are... I don't know, sort of in her head. It's it's that's even more concrete than the wow. production. It's an amazing production. Yeah, uh, that's going on mm-hmm. this weekend. Oh, okay. And I thought you had a more list. So um, I'll plug again the PCSF plays, playoffs. That's the Playwright Center of San Francisco ten in, ten minute play festival. This is our last week for that. That'll be this Sunday on the twenty uh, ninth at the Shelton Theater, five three three Sutton Street. Also Avenue Q, the Coastal Rep Theater. We had Danny Martin. He's in that. And they opened up They open up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be going on until August the 26th. Oh, Avenue Q, yay! That's right, Avenue Q. Also, White Shotgun Players. Right. Mm-hmm. That, is, that began their run on July the 8th, and it be- and continues until August the 5th. Oh, really? Jet Presario, he's in that. Yeah. They do, they do also good stuff, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Really good stuff. Um, Custom Made Theater has a one-day uh, show, Spalding mm. Gray, Stories Left to Tell. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, that's one night only. That's uh, July oh. the 28th. That's tomorrow. Right. Uh, and A Winter's Tale. Uh, oh, Livermore, Livermore Shakes. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they, as a matter of fact, they close this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, the 28th and the 29th. And, of course, our good friend Alan Coyne is in that. Yay. Um, and of course, we'll also plug uh, Richard Harder, his uh, his acting class. Yeah. And, and what's, what's the next? Uh, the mm-hmm. next one starts August fourth. August fourth. Oh, so this is perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time to sign up for it. And what's happening with Off Broadway West this fall? I'm sure you guys have something going on. Theater-wise? Well, I wish I could say we did. Okay. We, we're looking. Okay, we're looking for a play. Sure. We're getting close to finding a play. We we don't know when. We have to find a play first. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're looking for a comedy mm-hmm. because our last play was brilliant, but oh. it was another. It was mm-hmm. without mercy, and it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was about the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. although it was brilliant, it was mm-hmm. it was kind of like the play you just described. Right. I mean, you kind of mm-hmm. came out of it going, sure. whoa, okay. Right. So we want 
we want a comedy. Yeah. And you know they're hard to find. A good comedy yeah. is really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And good. for those who are listening to the yeah, – oh, you know what? I uh, Okay. Um, and we'll let you know when we're going to do another one. <laughs> You'll be one of the first people to know. Oh, and and got, thank you. Go ahead. I've got one other. Um, and that's I'm acting um, – it'll be a week from Monday. Um, so And it's funny because I'll actually be gone next weekend. I mm-hmm. don't know what we're going to do. I guess we're going to skip. Um, but a week from Monday, August 6th, I'll be doing, uh, it's called Everyday Alice. It's a staged reading at the Dragon Theater in Redwood City. Um, so it's the first time I get to see the space. I've been hearing about it for a couple of years now. And, uh, and this is through the Utopia Theater Company. Um, it's an interesting play. It sort of starts from the point of sort of a modern take on an, an adult Alice and adult Peter Pan but then it goes off on its own little journey, and okay. it's been kind of fun. We had – I wanted to um, – we got we had a comment. We always ask people to comment on the yay. Oh. And we actually had a comment. Oh. <laughs> oh, yay. Um, yay. <laughs> well, Adrienne Dean, who is a, uh actress, uh, mm-hmm. she's uh, – I believe she's in uh, Anton's Well. I believe she's in the, oh, uh, in, the okay. psychosis. Mm-hmm. Says a uh, shout-out from Reg in the yay. But uh, she had some wonderful things to, to say about the yay. Oh. And uh, I wonder if I can. Oh, you don't have it up. Yet. You're just teasing us. <laughs> uh. it, this is horrible um, Wi-Fi uh, speed. Oh, no. <laughs> um, says, thank you, Reg, and thank you for mentioning Robert's show. And, uh, yeah, that and that, that's basically it. And hopefully we'll have her on the show as well. No, he, okay. here it is. Here it is. Okay. You got I, it. I really enjoy your podcast. It's really nice to hear local voices. Some I even recognize personally coming across on a regular and structured platform. Plus the topics often clearly relate to me and things I'm concerned with daily. Ooh, good. See, there you go. Yay. <laughs> so, you, you know, we keep on hitting that bag. It's been a year that we've been doing this and, you know, it, it takes time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you do it and, you know, we enjoy doing what we, we yeah, do. Yeah, we're in our toddler stage now. Right, exactly. We're up on two feet. We're eating and talking gibberish. <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, Barbara, did you have a good time? I had a wonderful time. Fantastic. Thank, Thank you so much for asking me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you came out. Finally. Yeah. And, I'm and, glad and, we were and, able and to make it work. Right, Thank exactly. You. Thank you. <laughs> Well, a, f- a Friday night, it's, it's tough, but, you know, you made some time for us, and I'm, I'm so, well, so thank happy. thank you, and out-of-town company on Saturday, I, I just, I couldn't. Oh, of course. No, 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 no. It's no problem. I mean, all of us are busy. Yeah. Right. And, oh, yeah. the, and the best of luck to you and Off-Broadway West. Thank you, know, you. Just thank you. keep on doing it. We you know, will. We're, th- we're still community. there. Yeah. We're still there. We're you know, and, and all of us are, you know, pushing for each other, so that's mm-hmm. that's what theater's all about. Well, and when we can bring it rec- back around, it's always nice to hear, hey, so what else can you tell us about what's going on with you? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store, use the search engine on the upper left, right-hand side, and search for the Yay. You can find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hoosier Hoosier, that's where you'll find Norman. (laughs) And Reg Clay, that's where you'll find me. And uh, we'll take it from there. And And we we gotta gotta find a better sign-off. And we are out.